Welcome to River Life Podcasts. We're a church family embracing the Father's presence, releasing empowered people to declare and demonstrate Christ's kingdom. We trust that God would use what you hear today to bless and grow you so that you would be a blessing to those around you. For more information about River Life Baptist Church, go to riverlifechurch.org.au or find us on social media. Wow, when was the last time you went fishing? Anybody? Anybody? Been recently? Been recently? Uh, just uh, my, my youngest son is just really getting into fishing, like any spare moment that he can. He wants to be fishing. Now, we live at Mogul, the, the closest thing to a water body that looks like it may have life in it, may have life in it, is the Brisbane River. Uh, we are not eating anything that he does catch that comes out of there. It gets released back in, but he's, he's really, really trying hard to catch sharks. That's, that's what he's doing. Bull sharks are on the agenda. I was down with him just on Friday evening into the night, and uh, as usual, caught nothing, caught nothing, because, you know, do you know, she, when, when you, when you, when you, when you, when was the last time you went fishing? No, so last, I didn't say when was the last time you caught fish, because you can go fishing and not catch a lot of fish, and that's kind of important, I think, because isn't it wonderful when you're catching fish? Right, you know, it's exciting if you if you're just throwing in and you're reeling them back in, and and it's exciting to catch fish. It's exciting when they come in a large haul. It's it's thrilling. It's kind of amazing. But I've worked out the more you go fishing, the more you tend to catch. But not every time will you catch fish. Now I know I've I've lost most of the room right now already. Right at the beginning, not a great way to start a message because some of you are going fishing. Last time I went fishing, are you serious? I hate going fishing, I've never gone fishing, I never will go fishing. I can hear it, I can hear some of your minds right now telling me this is the case. Pastor John, would you just get on with the message? This is the message. This is the message. When was the last time you went fishing? For people. We've been in a series looking at how we believe Father God has been inviting us into deeper waters. He's been asking us as we follow Jesus to just go a little bit deeper, to just go a little bit deeper in all areas of our faith, the excitement of following after him and and going that little bit deeper. And we aren't prescribing to you what deep looks like. Everyone is on their own beautiful journey with God, everyone unique and individual on ourselves. And we're not trying to prescribe what deep water looks like for you, not even saying the deeper, the better. What we're saying is that God is calling us all just that little bit deeper. For some, that'll mean we get our feet wet because that was deeper than where we were before. While others are out splashing around having a full old swim. We're not prescribing what it may look like. What we're saying is that God, we believe, is calling us to go a little bit deeper, further from where we are now into where he's calling us to be. And today I wanna talk about something that Jesus made very clear when he was calling his disciples to follow him. You see, synonymous with following Jesus is being a fisher of people. The call was one in the same. A little bit like the call to love God and love others. You're not supposed to have one without the other. They're supposed to go together. I sometimes think we'd like to separate these things out. 
I love God because he's kind of easy to love, but loving others can be difficult. And so we centralize on loving God. First and foremost, that's actually the case. That's the priority. But he says, if you love me, then you love others as I have loved you. So there comes a need to be able to join both of those together. And in a similar way, when we've decided to follow Jesus and take up and follow after him and wherever he's calling, then a part of following Jesus actually requires us to be sent out to fish for people. You see, in every account found in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, if you look at all of those, every time that Jesus called disciples unto him and followed him, he said, come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of people, or I will send you out to fish for people. That's what he says in each of those different sections. You can go and look them up. I've referenced them for you. Let's reorient ourselves with the passage that we started talking about nearly a month or so ago now, and you can find it in Luke chapter 5. And Luke's presentation of the calling of his followers to himself, Jesus calling his followers to himself, is, is kind of a little bit more detailed than the ones we see in both Matthew and Mark. But here in Luke chapter 5, Jesus is calling his first disciples, and he starts with fishermen. And that's what he does. Making his band of followers, he goes down to the waterside, and this is where we see and pick up this passage in Luke chapter 5, verse 1. It says, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, now that's another word for the lake of Galilee, they called it several different names, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. So Jesus is preaching, and he's preaching to the masses. He's done some amazing things before this. Flick back a couple of chapters, you'll see him healing the sick. He's releasing the demon depressed. He's teaching in the synagogues. He's all sorts of great stuff that Jesus has started to do. At this point, everyone's starting to get a little interested in Jesus. And so they're pressing in a little bit more to hear and to understand a bit more about Jesus, what he's saying with the word of God. So here they are crowding around him. He saw at the water's edge two boats left, by, left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore, and then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. That's what rabbis did. When they taught, they sat. So he sat, he sits down a little bit further out just so that the masses can gather around, they're not pressing so far and he can teach the people. And when he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deeper water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come over and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, when he saw this miracle occur, when he saw this holy moment where Jesus alongside of them there produces this amazing catch. When he saw this, he fell to his knees at the knees of Jesus. Go away from me. Lord, I'm a sinful man. 
For all, he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll fish for people. How many of you believe that Jesus was saying, don't be afraid, not because of the holy moment, not because of the miracle of God. How many people believe he was saying, don't be afraid because of what he was about to tell them? <laughs> hey, you're going to go fish for people. What? Hang on a minute. That sounds a little bit too terrifying. And for most people, it still is. For most people, the idea that Jesus expects that as followers of him is explicitly linked to reaching out to others with his love is a little bit terrifying. But don't be afraid. You see, when we come with an understanding that we can converse and have conversations about Jesus in almost any setting, the fear starts to drop away. Maybe the fear that you really have is talking to people. <laughs> That's slightly different. You might need to learn how to talk to people, how to strike up a conversation, how to listen to what people are saying and in and around you. I was at a cricket match yesterday, my son playing cricket, and so you're there for hours sitting with the same people. And I can tell you that different people will raise different topics of what they want to talk about. And so it's not hard when you've got God ears open and you're listening for an opportunity to be able to say, oh, that's a really interesting thing you just raised. And follow it up with some questioning, follow it up with some listening, follow it up with putting your two cents worth in about what you believe about something. It's really not that hard. And sometimes we're so afraid of just making the conversation and pointing it towards Jesus when we really don't need to be. Simon Peter's moment of sudden insight and revelation, it totally undid him. Faced with this miracle, he finds himself at the knees of Jesus, confessing his sin, confessing where he's at. He's seen his mother-in-law healed, He's seen Jesus deliver people of demons in the previous chapters, and now it's his time where a miracle is occurring in his life, and he's not quite sure what to do with it. Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll fish for people, and I, I love what I believe, something actually to be prophetic that is happening in this moment. See, when Jesus gets a hold of people, when he puts his spirit in them, he begins his transformational work in their hearts and in their minds, and they, be, they begin to be changed. And that's what's happening in Simon's life right there at that moment, that, that moment of humility for him, that moment of openness, and Jesus seizes it, and he says, "I hey, don't be afraid, Peter. I'm about to make you a fisher of people. Put out into this deep water. Master, we've, I know how to fish. I know how to fish. But if you say so, if you say so, 
Fast forward that throughout Simon's time as a disciple. I mean, he's a little shaky. He's a little flaky. He's a little impulsive. This Simon becomes Peter, Petra, Petros, the rock on which Jesus builds the church. And his time with Jesus shows him that anything's possible. And that same Simon, who's undone that day in the boat with Jesus, this enormous catch that's nearly sinking them, and their friends are having to come over and help out, is the same Simon, Peter, that stands up on the day of Pentecost and preaches the good news, and again, there's a catch of thousands. I think Jesus is seizing a moment to teach him something about his presence. When the presence of Jesus is with you, that's when a catch can happen. You see, you and I shouldn't be afraid to being sent to fish for people because we have the presence of Jesus. We have his spirit abiding and living within us. Ordinary fisherman Simon becomes the first great evangelist who shares the good news of the love of God with thousands. Simon, who becomes Peter, and which Jesus builds the church, didn't have at his roots great wisdom or talent or spirituality, but he responded to God's call. God's call and whom he calls. And, and then he called him, he said, come and be a fisher of people as you follow me. You see, I, I like the idea that Jesus starts with his disciples being these simple people. Gives us all great hope. He chose broken people. Far too familiar with the depths of sorrow, social outcasts, misfits, prostitutes, tax collectors, zealots, and these poor fishermen. And he's counting us all in on his call to follow him and become fishers of people. There's no need to be afraid when Jesus is with us. You see, Jesus got into one of those boats belonging to Simon. He sat down. He gives his message, but we don't know what the message was about. We spoke about that the other week with regards to the hungering of God's presence. But it sounds a lot like to me that Jesus never left the boat when he asked them after sitting down and teaching to push out into the deep waters to go after the miraculous catch. See, Jesus is the cause of the haul of fish. It was because Jesus was there that they caught all the fish. We aren't the ones tasked with the responsibility of the catch. That's the job of Jesus. But we've got, been given these tools in which to use. You see, as Jesus sat down into Simon's boat and asked him just to put out a little bit, the text tells us that, that, that Simon and his crew where they're tending their nets. Tending nets means that they would start to wash them, they'd start to clean them. We talked a little bit about this in the first message a month or so ago. I'll just remind you again of what it was. Here they were, they were cleaning their nets. All sorts of the rubbish and the weeds and the bits that, you know, bobs that come up, the tires and the gumboots and all that sort of stuff, you know. No bits of scraps of fish because they didn't catch anything. But that was a time in which you might mend a hole in the net. That was a time when you might stretch it out so it was ready to catch a large haul of fish. They would keep them supple and well. These nets, they're valuable. And here he is, tending the nets. And they don't know what's about to come, but regardless, 
They're doing their business of their usual preparing of their nets. When we're tending our nets, the things we have is the instruments that God gives to us at our hands as followers of Jesus. We're readying ourselves for the catch, but we aren't the ones who make the catch. That's the job of Jesus. We're obedient to Jesus as he says, go and fish for people, but who ends up in our nets is up to Jesus. David Wagner prophesying over our church earlier in this year, and he says, I I think sometimes like I'm a fisherman and there's certain times I'm targeting a certain species with a certain bait or I'm using a certain lure, but I have no control over what bites my hook. I drop it down and have no control whether it's going to be a snapper or a groper or a whiting. It's whatever's out there at the time. And I think the Lord's actually teaching us how to strengthen and enlarge Enlarge our nets. Good word, considering he didn't know what we were going to be preaching on. And I agree. River Life God is strengthening our nets. He's stretching our nets. We join him in doing the preparatory work of, of work of loving God, of loving others, of being ready to give the reason for the hope that lies within us, declaring and demonstrating the kingdom of Jesus, living lives that speak of him and his glory wherever we go. And then as we speak, As we demonstrate, as we love, we're lowering down our nets, as it were, allowing Jesus, as we're faithful to the call to follow him and be fishers of people, to put whoever he's choosing and and leading and guiding and working within at that time to come into our nets. Luke chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, when they had done so when they had lowered their nets. They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners, come come on over. Come on over, we need the help. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Now they're in deep water. (laughs) I I love this passage because they're fishing together. A couple of weeks ago, in fact, I think it was on the, the second week of this message series, Deeper Waters, Shayla came to me and she said, I just have this vision. I see this picture and it's of us together as a River Life family. It's pictures of a net and this net has weights on it and the net is being lowered out into the deeper waters. It's no coincidence we're talking about it now and here there's this, deep, this net, this very, very large net And and these weights on it are like the ministries that are attached to the church. The net takes it down into the deep, the weights on it, so it doesn't just float on the surface, but allows it to go underneath. They're like the ministries of the various parts of the church. And within the net, it's like where it not just, it's not like a, a person who's fishing with a fishing pole, a rod, you know? 
When you're doing that, you're fishing alone, aren't you, really? You can have others next to you, but you're the one that, that does this and does this. You're, you're, you're doing that, but, but a, a net is different. Net fishing, when, when people all gather around the net and they walk it in, or they walk it through a tributary, or they, they hold it up together in needing to do that. And this beautiful picture that we see is this picture of working together. And she said, I can see that some parts of the net, in fact, are broken. Some parts of the net have holes in it, and there needs to be a relational mending. There needs to be a connecting. Can you remember when we spoke into deeper waters and we said that everyone is welcome and anything is possible? And we need to have these signs around our neck because in the kingdom, everyone is welcome and anything is possible. And so this, this need for us to be mending our net because we together collectively as the people of God are fishing together, not alone. We strengthen one another. We're stretched far and wide as we hold each other's hands, as we hold the net that is connecting us to one another. We do it together. This beautiful picture that while you might have a fishing rod and it's one person you're often attaching something at the end of that to go after something specific, you know? But a net, a big, beautiful net, and this is what Shayla saw, was that all, all the various different sea life all coming in. See, net's not discriminating as to what gets caught in the net. It says, everyone's welcome. Everyone's welcome. And there's a space for mending our nets and caring for one another. Loving each other so that as we love God well together, we can still fulfill this call to follow him and be fishers of people. Do you notice that this trip isn't a solo expedition? It might have been Simon's boat that Jesus was sitting in and then went out, but the rest followed. And when called upon in that deep water, we're right there ready to help pull up that massive haul of fish. And I like that Jesus didn't say to Simon, knowing that he would become Peter, who would stand up as a great evangelist on, on the day of Pentecost to go out into deeper waters and lower down his nets by himself. No. <laughs> the whole crew and, and even more boats went out. Both boats were filled with fish. And when Jesus said, don't be afraid from now on, you'll be a fish of people, this wasn't just a command to Simon. Listen to what it says in verses 10 and 11 of chapter 5 there in Luke. Then Jesus said to Simon... Don't be afraid, from now on you will fish for people. But look at the response. So they pulled their boats on shore, left everything, and followed him. So they, meaning probably Simon and his companions that were introduced to a little after, but at the beginning highlighted that it wasn't Simon alone. But definitely we know James and John had the same experience of this miracle that occurred with the catching of the fish, and they follow after Jesus. Have you noticed that as followers of Jesus, we'd like to outsource the fishing part of following Jesus? <laughs> Have you noticed we like to do that? What we say is, hey, uh, Simon, you, you, you seem really good at this. You, you're like... I imagine after that Pentecost, Simon Peter was busy. Hey, I, I know we're all called to be like 
fishing for people as we follow Jesus, but you're like, you're really good at it. You're the evangelist. We'll call in the evangelist. Let the evangelist do all the work. I know, we'll outsource fishing for people to the expert. We'll do it to the one. But he wasn't the expert at the time. He was the expert fisherman who'd caught absolutely nothing all night until the presence of Jesus came and brought a large miraculous haul. And he's teaching him in this moment that when you stand up and you declare, it's going to be something amazing. And yes, I will use you powerfully, but I'm giving the message to all of you, he says, because they let down the nets and followed after him. They. The call to Simon is the same call to us. It's synonymous as a disciple of Jesus that if you're going to follow after him, we've got to fish for people. When was the last time you went fishing? I don't feel like today's message is the time to teach you how to fish or how to lower your nets. This is a necessary thing to learn, but that's not the point of today's message. The point of today's message is that I want you to understand that if you follow Jesus, he's asking, he's commanding, he's telling. Will you fish for people? Can you imagine? As we go into deeper waters, can you imagine what that might look like for you? Deeper in our expression of God's love to the world around us. Imagine as a whole family, transformational encounters, releasing and propelling people into their everyday frontline opportunities. People so in love with Jesus that they can't help but talk about him to everyone they meet, everywhere they go. Imagine us, River Life, declaring and demonstrating God's supernatural love as commonplace and as passionately as we do so here on a Sunday, Monday through Saturday, every game day. Imagine people following their call to be fishers of people and doing that wherever they are, but coming and celebrating that we did it together. Imagine that we could meet the needs of our community pastor the city of Brisbane and release revivalists to the nations because we were serious about the call to fish for people as well as to follow after Jesus. Jesus is still calling us to follow him. He's still calling us to fish for people. He's still inviting us out into deeper waters so that we might See the miraculous. This year, God is calling us to go seek and save the lost, to just go a little deeper. Will you go fishing? Don't be afraid. I'm with you. He's calling us into deeper waters. What does the deep look like for you? It'll be different to even your partner sitting next to you. It'll be different from your, your family member, your friend. It'll be a little different. It's going to look different to the people who are watching online from across the world and it'll look for us here right in this moment. It'll all look a little bit different, but what's deeper for you? Going deeper in our love for God and love for one another. 
going deeper in our hunger for the presence of God. Going deeper in being able to share the love of God with the world around us. To obey the command in following Him to fish for people. Let me just close your eyes just for a moment. Just, just to, to avoid distraction. There's nothing mystical about closing your eyes. I just really want you to focus. If you focus with your eyes open, that's okay too. I'm not telling you what to do, just inviting you to. Now ask Holy Spirit for a picture of what it looks like for you to go deeper this week. What do deeper waters look like for you this week, this afternoon, tonight, tomorrow morning? Every day on your front line, your, your place where you're actively a part of the community around you, whether it's your workplace, your school, your neighbourhood, your street, wherever it might be, to just go a little deeper in following Jesus and being a fisher of people. It might be to link that conversation with that person back to Jesus. It might be when you pray for people. It might be actually when you pray for people and you see a healing to let them know that that's the love of Jesus and you can have a personal relationship with Him and draw the lines together for them. What does it look like for you to just go a little bit deeper to follow after Jesus and be a fisher of people in your circumstance? where God's calling you. And how can we do that together? By the encouragement of standing with one another, sharing the testimony of what God is doing at work amongst us, believing on that testimony that if He can do it in that person's life, I want to see Him do it in mine. And so Lord, we just present ourselves to You. Holy Spirit, as you take us each deeper, may you, God, receive the glory, not us. That we would see the fruit, but you'd receive the glory. For we know that the catch is not up to us. We simply are asked to lower our nets in deeper waters. And when we're faithful to do that, you being with us cause the catch and the more we go fishing the more we'll catch with your presence and with your power we pray it in Jesus name Amen Thanks for listening to this River Life podcast make sure you subscribe to keep up to date with all the latest content if this podcast has raised any questions for you Contact us via church at riverlifechurch.org.au or through Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening.